0: The following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute.
1: The Gemara, the Talmud, in Sechet Tanit, brings a proof from Joseph, from Joseph, and his the birth of his two children, that during times of starvation, um, that's the the at least that's what it's discussing in that context. One should be careful in um, having uh, intimate relations with their wife. Um, as a form, the Kumar implies a form of empathy or sympathy with the people that are suffering. Um, so, therefore, one should hold back on sexual relations during during times of uh, rav, okay, which is the term of starvation. That's what the Talmud said. And then we discussed. The t- uh, and as we're going to see, it's codified in halacha. This is an interesting thing. And, and the hope to get to the concept of general, talk about the general concept of empathy and sympathy as uh, physicians, as Jews, um, and then also uh, climate, uh, not climate change, sorry, but population control. Because that's really the other question. Because if you see the, the verses on tap here, there are really two ways as was mentioned last week, one could interpret the verse. The verse, the, the, the assumption is the fact that the verse has to mention this concept um, of that Menashe and Ephraim, Joseph's two sons, were born prior to the famine, which is really irrelevant to the story. Um, so the Talmud, again, extrapolates from that that one should um, not should not have children during times of famine. Again, now there would be two ways of looking at that. Um, one way would be empathy as we're talking about and that's the context the Gemara clearly seems to imply that's the issue, the issue is an issue of empathy or sympathy for those that are suffering during times of suffering and the other way to look at it would say, um, as Ocasio-Cortez would interpret the verse, is don't have kids because uh, why would you want to bring kids into a world that is suffering so much, why would you put your kids into this situation? Which could be a valid point, and we'll get to that uh, hopefully today. Um, but we're still focusing on the first, the first interpretation, which is um, the concept of not having children. So just so, um, as we mentioned last week, th- there was a question of Tosfos had a question. Um, Tosfus is a commentary on the, in the Talmud. There it asks. It's beautiful with Yosef, yes. The Torah is saying that about Yosef, but we see Levi, um, the Torah mentions earlier or later, I think later or earlier, I don't remember, um, when the whole family of Jacob came down to Egypt, it says there were 70 souls. The question there is what I, There's missing one. The math is off. So all the commentaries that they discussed there that Yocheved was born, um, Yocheved, who was the daughter of Levi, was born on the border, um, betw- as they were crossing into Egypt from Canaan, so the question, obvious obviously question, does is So what happened? You see that Levi clearly had relations, um, as we mentioned. It clearly wasn't a virgin birth. There was, uh, she, he was having children. So the. So Tosa's answers he understands, which is a very big chiddush, no one else understands Talmud like that. Tosa says that the, the concept that the Gemara is proposing here is not a halachic uh, law, it's not a requirement, it's not a, a prohibition, it's what's called a midot chasidut. Um, that's Tosa's answer, it's, called, it's a pious act, it's a nice thing you, to hold back from relations during times of famine, but it's not an actual requirement. That's the way Tosa's would learn. And as we discussed, there are many people who have issues with that. Um, with that interpretation. So, so, this morning I actually said that we go to services because we have to prepare your class. It's uh, one of the good things about going to services every day in your class because you're <laughs> to cram. Um, so the Orachayim, I couldn't find the English there. His name may have it there. in the English. On. He's one of, he's, he's a uh, Sixteenth century, I don't know, seventeenth century or no one know. I think he died he lived in the sixteen hundreds, he was a Kabbalist. And he has a more of a, usually more of a Kabbalistic interpretation of the verses, so I noticed he says something very interesting here. He addresses this question of Tosus, meaning why what happened to Levi. So a few interesting points here. Some of them are not so PC and racist, but we'll say them anyway. Um, everyone's okay with that. So
2: we have a choice?
1: <laughs> um, he says like this. He says, so he brings this Gemara. Um,
0: he was born in 1696,
1: died in 1743. Was Bridges, enough. that's uh, pretty good. Was good enough. <laughs> but, uh, what was his name?
0: His Say. name was uh, Chaim ben Moshe ibn Attar. And where did he live? Morocco. Okay. He was born in Mexico, Morocco, Morocco, died in Jerusalem. didn't go to
1: his grave, he didn't visit his grave. We visited a lot of
0: graves. He was one of the... He's uh, buried in Jerusalem, he's not buried in <laughs> Morocco.
1: buried in Jerusalem, okay. That's the reason not to go, he's buried in Jerusalem.
0: But he That's probably right.
1: has a grave in Morocco also. Um, huh.
2: Okay.
1: Okay, so, <laughs> he says like this, he quotes the Gemara, um, and he says, He says, first of all, I think you pointed this out, someone pointed this out last week, which the the whole Gemara doesn't really fit with what we're saying, is because, as we said, uh, we forgot to mention this this morning, that there's an exception if you haven't fulfilled the mitzvah peruvu, haven't had children yet, the the requisite amount of children, then, of course, this halacha does not apply. Not of course, but... I was going to say... (laughs) 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 Then this halacha doesn't, doesn't apply. That's what the Shulchan Aruch says. We'll get to that in a second. But he says, and some, I think, someone mentioned this last week, I believe it was you Ron, that Joseph himself didn't have children until this point. So if we're saying this, we extrapolating the halacha from Joseph' story that he waited to have, he didn't have relations, and the Torah is pointing that out. It mm-hmm. doesn't fit really because he himself, this was as far as we know, this was his first two children. So technically, he would have been allowed to have relations even during the famine. So that's number one. So he points out, and which which I um, said last week which is that we're not saying, we're not discussing the story of Joseph. The facts of the story of Joseph is really irrelevant. It's We're just extrapolating this concept of empathy. Um, but not that Joseph really had to keep the law. He was before the Torah, he was just... But the fact that the Torah mentions these words irrelevant to the story of Joseph, that's exactly the point. So from those, from the extra words, the Torah is obviously coming to teach us a lesson, which is this halacha that you shouldn't have relations. But not that necessarily Joseph was practicing that, per se. So that's what he says, similar to what I said. Um, because, again, it wouldn't be applicable technically to Joseph because he'd never had children before. So if we're, look, if we're looking at it from the practical Joseph story, it really this law wouldn't even be relevant to his own life. Um, so he points that out. He says... Um, he asked the question he says doesn't make sense because who he never fulfilled the mitzvah the, uh, the, the Gemara says as we saw last week it's in your paragraph on your sheet that if you ha- don't have the requisite amount of children you can still continue to have relations even during times of famine we don't find anywhere that Joseph had sons or children prior to Menasha um so he says, <laughs> It's 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 taking it out of context, as many midrashim and which is not really it's not saying these are the facts of Joseph's life. We're learning a, a side lesson from the from the Torah's extra words. So now he goes on to say. Now he addresses Tosus' question, which is what happened with Levi? Why was Levi allowed to have children? So he quotes Tosse that it was a what we call a midot chasidut, <coughs> but he says, near in the rain. I don't like. Tosu's answer, First of all, the fact that he's just saying it's a pious act. He says, when we have a drush or we have a pasuk, you know, we usually say that's halacha. We don't start saying it's a nice thing. You know, we, Judaism is not into doing things just because they're nice. It's either the law, as I discussed many times, the Jewish ethics were very rarely find, as for example, in, the, in Western uh, legal system, so there's law and then there's ethics. It's two different uh, genres. It's not connected um, necessarily you could do something that's within the law that's unethical, and you could do something that's not within the law that's very ethical. So just because something's law doesn't make it ethical is because something's illegal doesn't make it unethical. In Judaism, that's not the way it works. The Torah has, there's no separation between ethics and law. If the Torah says this is legal, permissible, and inside uh, the assumption is it's ethical. Because God wouldn't say to do something that's unethical. If the Torah says something is illegal, the assumption is that is that is unethical. Okay, so his question is, so tos tells us to say that we, we have extra words in the Torah, but we're only saying it's a nice, uh, it's a nice thing to have empathy. It's not required. So he's saying that doesn't make sense to him. That's number
0: one. Excuse mm. me, Laban yes. continued to have children during the seven years of famine in Egypt?
1: Well, he had a child during the first, he can address that actually. It was during the first year of the famine, or the second
2: uh, year. In Israel, the famine in Israel. That's where he had, yeah, no had fashion in Israel.
1: Either way, I mean, wherever it was. It was everywhere. It was well, was the assumption when they came out.
2: to Egypt, it was they had food there because they had stored it up. and But it was still famine. Yeah, it was years it was of famine.
1: famine. It was just, it was, it was <coughs> living it was like Venezuela. You know, they were handing out, ra- they were rationing the yeah, food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
2: and um, buying up everyone's land and yes. taking advantage of it. <laughs> but that was ethical, I'm sure.
1: Well, no, actually, by the way, I just saw this morning during Bali also, I was looking for something on this first. So Rabbi Salvechik actually discusses, interestingly enough, the economic ramifications of Joseph's plan from this verse, and he says that on the contrary, the reason why, he said Jacob had a hunch, he said based on what was going on in Egypt, it was actually very ethical what Joseph was doing. He was making sure, planning economically for the future, and sharing the wealth of the country um, in order to facilitate, to make sure that in the future there won't be, people won't be starving. He says that was a eth- very ethical thing, which Egypt was not known for their ethics. First um, socialistic state. Okay, he says, therefore, Jacob heard about what's going on in Egypt, and he said, what's going on? This is, this is Abraham's method of economics, of of Tzedakah uh, of and everything else, and that's one of the reasons he wanted to see what's going on. He came down to Egypt. He actually says, economically, the, the Joseph was doing an ethical thing, which was what piqued Jacob's interest, believe it or not. So... So, you intrigued. could disagree, that's his... No, it, it's,
2: it's a beautiful rewriting,
3: but that's okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you could write your own so comments, but we this should. is what his interpretation
3: I yeah. should at some point, and I don't want to get off topic too much today. Why? But we ought to have a discussion. of the, What is ethics versus law? Because I'm saying it's irrelevant. It Judaism,
1: is, there is no ethics versus well, law. I understand, There's no discussion.
3: Usually, most of us kind of look to altruism as kind of the, the key to whether it was an ethical uh, thing. Mm-hmm. And some, some would say that altruism is, is actually unethical. So I, I think getting into what what really we do we mean
1: ethics, by this ethics <laughs> this yeah. is not this we don't discuss ethics in this
3: class yes
1: sir. <laughs> <coughs> is that, okay when
4: ethics
3: <laughs>
1: that's that's right, the that's the just a, it's just a 501c3 on the really to make money <coughs> right, right, right. that's the
4: front won't. to make money it's it's the right. only
1: going going for for it.
2: okay
1: so what's the um Okay, shh, many shh,
2: okay. no question. You're going to have, a I'm with, with my he has
1: a, I had one, I didn't. okay, so he says like this, he says, um, quiet, let him read something. Okay, so he says, he says, um, he says, um so he continues on. So one thing is he doesn't like the concept of ethics, is what he's saying, because we don't use Yeah, there are some things. But to say we're learning out of a, a Pasuk and a Torah something that's just an ethical concept and not a law, he, he has a problem with that. That's number one. Number two is, he says, um, he says, and then to say that, if you want to say like Tosos, to say that Levi wasn't a Hasid, that means Levi wasn't ethical. He wasn't doing the extra credit. He was just doing the uh, you know, the, the bare minimum for, for the Josh Moses, this was Levi here, he, right, so he says, he says, he brings a different verse in the Torah, the Torah says which we mentioned last week, it says Levi <laughs> was known he's actually called a pious person by Jacob in Deuteronomy um, in the blessing, or, or not by Jacob, by Moses, in, in the end of Deuteronomy so he says um, he goes on to say here um, so he's not happy with that either. What does he say? He so here's where he says, gets into a non-PC. So he says like this. He says, first of all, He says, The question that Toschus has about Levi is not a question. As we mentioned, it's really not relevant to the stories in the Torah. We're not discussing the stories of the Torah here. We're just learning out from extra words as to what, uh, what as, as Jews, at our level of empathy needs to be in times of national suffering. Okay, he says that's number one. So it's irrelevant. Levi did do it. He didn't have kids. Joseph didn't have kids before. That's all irrelevant to the to the point, he said. That's number one. We're not discussing the stories. We're not, we're not discussing what happened. We're learning out from the fact the Torah puts in these extra words.
0: Is that a common approach in uh, commentary to do what he's doing now, saying facts are irrelevant?
1: Uh, um, yeah, the, I
2: mean, they talk about no. Avraham serving milk and meat together.
0: That oh, that
1: yeah, I mean, this all depends. Listen, it's we'd rather relevant. not, s- we obviously, a better interpretation would be to include it.
0: Yeah, cause it sounds like having I mean, difficulty resolving <laughs> this contradiction. <laughs> yes,
1: that's <laughs> no, right. So he's saying it's not; it's not a yeah. problem. It's so eno inyan. It, just like we said by Joseph himself, clearly he didn't have kids yet, and we allow that halacha. We're still discussing it. So he's saying it's what's called eno inyan. That means we're we're not, as I and I said this last week on the we're not to to address Ron's question, which was a valid question. That, that meaning we're not discussing what Joseph did or didn't here. That's not the point. The point is the Torah again. We believe. There's no extra words in the Torah. And the fact that the Torah mentions this um, historical observation that it didn't take place during famine, why is that relevant? Clearly, it's a lesson to us. That's all he's saying. So it's, uh, so the facts are, meaning the story is not the point here. He's saying, when I don't have to interpret the story, did he fit it to criteria that in Africa, you know, uh, you know that's, that's not the point.
4: Well, where did it say in the Torah that Levi had a daughter on the border and her name was... It it, it's a
2: Midrash.
1: Yeah, it's a Midrash. So it's Benachamot, uh, that she was born, because the Torah only says 70 people of the family of Jacob came down to Egypt. The problem is, if you do the math, there's 71. So the answer, meaning entered Egypt, uh, sorry, says, I don't know. 70 left. 70 left Canaan to come to Egypt. But there's really 71 if you do the math. So the Midrash says, Yochev was born Benachamot, right before they entered. I mean, sorry, right after they entered or... So clearly the point is that the pregnant, according to that medrash, the medrash, 100%, um, the, that uh, Levy's wife, who we don't know who she is, was pregnant at the time.
4: So we don't give more weight to the actual words in the Torah than we do to well, the medrash.
1: We do. We're, we're, so we should be more
4: interested in the Joseph story and forget about the counting.
1: No, I'm saying we try to amalgamate everything together, all the stories, all the all medrash, and it's not an explicit story in the Torah either. Doesn't say it just mentions the fact he didn't have the children during times of the family.
4: But it says that. Yes. It doesn't well, say anything about Levi and his wife during the time of Yeah, the
1: but I'm saying according to that marriage we need to we need to make everything fit. Torah has to fit. You can't have different things that don't there's a contradiction we need to answer. But is is not
4: Torah.
1: His Torah. It's not Bible, so this isn't, again, this isn't that either. This is an extrapolation. That, that's the it's all question. extrapolation. It's all drush.
2: Madrash and Torah. Are
1: Everything evil? we're talking about here is drush. Medrin, that means it's extrapolation. Midrash, you're right. Torah, Torah. So you're not. it doesn't have to bother you so much, meaning you're right. We don't have to answer the question, but if we could have an answer, why wouldn't we try to answer it? I mean, if we yeah. could answer the question, we're going to
4: answer jo- it. Joseph's
1: yeah.
2: not, counted, uh, not counted in those 70, correct? Joseph. He didn't come down, yeah. <coughs> well, he did. But I mean... No, it's I'm not saying a, yeah, but not uh, with oh. the
1: family. He wasn't part of the family at the time. He didn't right, even right. know he was alive, necessarily. I mean, it's I very hard to accept your
2: Hebert, the numbers, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: It's hard to accept a lot of things.
0: I, a lot of people say if that. If you're
1: so. married, it's hard to accept a lot of things, but I you accept it. Yeah.
0: So, Joseph, it would be fair to say that the rabbis are trying to pull everything together to yeah. arrive at... A halach point, or saying there's no halacha here.
1: Exactly. That's, that's think what they're trying. Any for. To our, I Listen, the fact that it's a medrash, we will still try. We want to reconcile everything together. So it to isn't. Sometimes you ha- you don't have answers, but if you can answer the, and reconcile it, obviously that's the better path. So that's what they're trying to do, to reconcile all the different midrashim. So.
0: I um, think that's what this commentary is saying. Who cares about the. Uh, the ethical aspect of what's the halacha, we're trying to get at the halacha way No, oh, he's
1: saying he doesn't, the concept of ethics is really, we don't usually say, oh, we see from the Torah, there's a nice ethical concept. No, it's either, you know, it's not like, a, I know, hate to bash other, you know, certain brands of Judaism, but I'm saying it's not, we don't look in the Torah and say, oh, this is a beautiful ethical concept and let's apply tikkun olam, let's save the whale. That's not Judaism. So right. Judaism is what the Torah tells you to do.
0: If the Torah it's tells not clear always kind of, right. what the Torah is telling, to yeah. so so to telling you
1: to do. So that's what we're trying to what the telling you We're not trying to say, you know, he's saying the concept of as Jews we go. Oh, a, you see a nice ethical concept there, and let's apply it to our lives. It's not. No, we don't like that in 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 the legal aspects of Jewish law.
0: Some people like it. Uh, Ron, uh, just in general, Ron's not sympathetic to the rabbis. Predicament, which is they're stuck with the Torah and they're trying to make halacha out of it, and it's not easy. So they're <laughs> drawing from everywhere and they're drawing from everywhere trying to put it all together. That's what I hear yeah, you saying. Say, I
1: think that's a good thing. They're trying to reconcile. Whether I'm saying you be modern, whether that. you be sym- maybe they, they, they were all cartland rabbis. They
0: were all Put a square peg in a round hole.
4: Exactly. No, no, meaning whether that's the it's basis of Judaism. Judaism. A lot of the time, they know the halacha, and now they have to find the Torah That maybe be. Could be. Yeah.
0: So listen, every legal practical. system, totally. we
1: we need to figure out how to make how to fit this into the constitution. Right. You don't like want to ban immigrants. We want to fit into the constitution. We want to allow immigrants. We want to fit into the constitution. We want to ban Everyone. That's what all. That's what every legal system tries to. That's do. That's
3: what this struggle topic okay. again, <laughs> 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 the struggle is all about. But Again, the the notion that, <laughs> the that not seventy left and seventy one arrived would would almost lend support, which I'm not a big supporter of, but it would <laughs> almost you lend support, support to the notion that that a baby prior to birth is not a person, because Absolutely. it wasn't it wasn't counted but as those who left,
0: even soul. though she yeah, was a pregnant. Prior to birth is no, it was good. a yes. fetus. A that's something, and that that's really off-topic. It didn't become a really, really off-topic.
4: Where was the conception? Conception is during the famine.
0: Irrelevant. <laughs> Irrelevant.
4: Uh, nine
1: month, the, the nine months of gestation was during times of famine. The assumption is they had marital relations during times of famine. That's Tosa's question. Oh, oh yeah. So he, here's where he says his non-PC thing. We <laughs> finally get to, and um, then you can really start screaming. So he says like this. So he says again. So he's not happy with the concept of ethics. He's not happy with the concept that um, Levy that Levi wasn't a Hasid. Um, so he says. So then he says a, another amazing statement here. This is very relevant, I think, today. Uh, by the way, this whole concept of empathy, of, and I mean again, because as we mentioned last week, you can't have uh, um, if you say to someone, you know, you can't have married relations when there's sufferings going on in the world. So basically, you'll be you'll become a priest,
0: Catholic priest, sit there and suffer.
1: Right. So obviously, there has to be guidelines as to you know you can't say just because uh, people in you know, uh, Central Africa are having a famine, therefore we can't have sex. Clearly, it's not going to work. So he points that out. He says, this is a very, again, this is the non-PC statement, one of his many. He says, this prohibition that we're talking about here, um, of not having marital relations during times of national tragedy, is when Jews are suffering, other fellow Jews. doesn't mean if, uh, you know... Uh, yeah, there's a civil Geyem. war in in Ghana or whatever.
0: Where? <laughs> if yes. Guyam is suffering, yes,
1: you don't, don't like using that word anymore. So if there's something in
0: Israel, we shouldn't.
1: Well, yeah, we get no, that's Jews. He's saying Jews
2: that, in Israel. Jews what in. What he's Israel.
1: saying is the law. This law is not applicable when when just any uh, when a tribe in Africa is suffering. It means when okay. fellow Jews are suffering. That's what he's saying. That's number one. You
4: know, if, if, if we abstain from sex every time fellow Jews are suffering, <laughs> then we would have been gone a long time ago. <laughs> right.
1: No, it doesn't mean suffering that they're not happy with uh, the, you know, that it wasn't well done enough for them at the restaurant. That's how it's happening. No, about national tragedy.
4: Talk about national tragedy. tragedy. Okay, okay, so we're
1: going to talk about it. We have to, you're right. It's a good so question. What the guideline? You know, we're going to get to it. Everybody follows the, and and nobody had nobody had
2: follows the rules. Thankfully, nobody follows the
1: rules. How do you know? Jew, yes. How do you know? Let's talk about We're going to talk about a real dash. That was a real tragedy. No, I'm saying, how do you know they didn't have sex? Maybe they did. I'm sure they did. were born. But I'm okay. just saying, right. my in uh, were born. Uh, uh, there both there my in-laws were born in the PK. Uh, says says
0: that they weren't supposed to have know, sex. you do want? To want to work. Work. Uh, uh,
4: okay, so, so know, let's
1: see. So it's a all good question. So obviously we have to put down guidelines here. So so he's going to tell So he says that's number one. So number one, he says that this law only applies when fellow Jews are suffering. Okay, we're not talking about uh, you know there's, a, there's an earthquake in in uh, yeah. Haiti that we should we should stop having sex. now not what he's saying.
2: Unless they're Jews that are suffering from the earthquake. in well, I
1: do Jews. It sounds like I think a nation it might have to be a national tragedy for Jews. So I don't know if individual. It's a good question. Not right, sure
4: you, you just pointed out my birth's illegal.
1: Your birth's illegal? Well, because you live in South Africa, all South African births South Jews illegal. are illegal.
4: suffering. It was conceived in 1943. Right. Hey. So
1: I'm, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. Okay, he says, so he says, so therefore he says, So therefore he says, what he says is Levi, who they were Jewish, they were coming down, just because you know, Egyptians were suffering, Egyptian nation had a famine, Canaan had a famine, but, but He's saying they didn't have to. So that's how he's answering Levi. Saying Levi didn't have to hold back on marital relations because the Egyptians were suffering. So he brings this interesting thing, which I'm not so aware of, and I didn't have time to research it. That they actually had food, um, at least for the first few years, that uh, the children of Yaakov. So Wait, they I'm had. So the, why
4: did
2: they go to Egypt? I was going to so say so they didn't suffer. Yeah. So he explains right. why. Right. No,
1: he said they went to Egypt. Because well, everyone else was doing it and they didn't well, want to look standing out. Yeah, I thought had a... Fat,
2: uh, yes, they were but
1: they themselves, he says, had...
2: Well, no, because they got the food oh from... Oh, my God, this is creative Joseph.
0: writing. What? They got the M- food from, from Joseph. Joseph, yeah.
1: No, I mean, right. I mean he sent food to them. before. It's before.
0: It's before that.
1: He's saying, before he's saying they even went down. He's saying they had weren't suffering. Family Indiana. of Jacob wasn't suffering. He brings... he but brings...
4: Why would they have gone down to eat if they weren't? So he explains
1: it. Questions? Whatever. It's irrelevant. Facts okay. are irrelevant. It's good so question. We don't do here, and we don't do facts. Well, let's just stuff. ignore <laughs> that. Okay? We're not getting yeah. it. It's a side topic. Okay. okay. That's a side topic. <laughs> let's
0: hear what the dude says. Concentration
1: camps. Not a dude. He's a rabbi.
0: Yeah. <laughs> let's hear what the <laughs> rabbi was dude says. They were certainly
1: suffering in there. How he was How they become pregnant? He, he was wealthy. We okay. okay, we're gonna get there. We said we're gonna discuss you know the thing, guidelines. The when does do it. It
2: we're gonna discuss all no, the, the guidelines. No, you, you went
4: to get about sh- 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 Okay, you know. everyone take a, a deep problem. breath. Lenny, take <laughs> a deep breath.
1: Please in relax. Everyone needs to relax. Okay, good stuff. He says okay, so he brings down that he only went down for side reasons, Maharasain. We're we're not gonna get into that. He brings various proof texts out. He same. says, um, and he says for sure, For sure, the first year, there's no question they had tfua, they had food. So that's so therefore, the whole question from Levi says, is irrelevant because they didn't have to fast because Egyptians, uh, it's not fast. They didn't have to fast or not have matter relations because of the Egyptians. So that's what he discusses.
2: That um, logic, just so you know, doesn't seem to make sense either. Which logic? Internally. Which logic? That they didn't have to fast because the Egyptians were suffering. They Jews.
1: weren't suffering. Jew- there was no Jews suffering. These
2: but people. we already know that Canaan was suffering.
4: Yeah, but Canaan wasn't Jewish.
2: Well, it was besides
4: Jacob's family, Jacob,
2: that so was just it. Jacob's family. Just yeah. Jacob's family. No other Jews. And so and we I mean, assume uh, that they were wealthy and they were fine.
1: Whatever reason he said. So they, were they moved
2: fine. all seventy of that family because they were fine.
1: Well, yeah. Well, then they moved them because of Joseph. At the end. They only moved them because Joseph was the king. No, yeah.
2: they went. Yeah. Th- there was a reason for their own survival.
1: Um, that's what he's. Joseph disputing made
3: that. an offer they couldn't refuse. They had a. Yeah, but, so he's but, disputing
1: but, that.
3: But they sent the the two sons to Egypt initially as a. Scouting mission
0: <laughs> with the plan of moving, did they not? No, for no.
3: the
2: family. They're They're people in
3: Venezuela are losing, I've
2: lost an average of 20 pounds, okay? Does that mean everybody in, in Venezuela is starving? And the answer to that is no. The 70 wealthy people, people are not starving. The 70 people who you claim are wealthy moved. No, I don't 70. claim The Torah claimed it. So you and the Torah claim that the seventy people were wealthy. Mm-hmm. Why would you move seventy people if you're not suffering? So these
1: suffering? are all so the great
2: same questions. People are moving out of Venezuela to America if they
0: can. Same reason. We're not going to know the answer to these questions. So yes, yeah, they're, spe- they're spe-
1: all good questions. We're not,
0: this uh, guy here, he's We're not
1: discussing the story again. We let, watch the movie. You want to know the story? Watch the movie. Okay. This is not the,
3: go to the film festival. Okay, one
1: second. So now, but one other point, he points out what we just said. Also, he says, but listen, Joseph was Jewish, and he technically was in Egypt. They didn't know he was the king. So if there was a if if there was a famine, they should have empathized with the suffering of Joseph not knowing he was the king. That's his question now. So this is the key point here. Because again, we don't have to hold back from our relations if one individual Jew is suffering. It's only again when there's a national calamity, a national suffering that we have to hold back, not when there's an individual suffering because again, then you'd be ne- never be able to have sex um, your whole life, there's always someone, some Jew suffering somewhere.
0: Isn't right. that a bit superfluous? They didn't even know that Joseph was still alive, let alone yeah. where he was. Anyway, they knew he'd oh, have sent so that, him. Oh, that's. I mean, we'll get that. To, that we is wrong.
1: another point. Yes, the, so I did okay. see. Okay, so Ignore just that. to summarize Why all the opinions. They didn't know he was
2: alive. Of course, they knew he was alive. They didn't know. At which point? No, dead. no, that's not what i They broke the wagons.
1: No, no but he's saying before this. Yeah. Did they have to start well, themselves? So to Just summarize. Know. I haven't defined find in this about thing. The
2: interesting question is was it 9 months from the timeline that they yeah. came back to a session? Yeah, right.
1: Okay, so So, details, details. so now just so just to summarize before we move on um to the halacha part. <laughs> so this is as far as the commentary. So they bring actually here all the commentaries in this nice clumish in English. I'll just so he says uh, on this Pasuk, why does the Torah stress that Menashe and Ephraim were born, quote, before the year that the famine set in? So we have Rashi who brings the Gemara, which says, um, from here we derive the principle that it's prohibited to conceive a child during years of famine. Tosfos, I say, just the that Yecheva was born, what's going on? Tosfos says, evidently we're not speaking here of an actual prohibition which existed in those days, but rather a personal stringency of Joseph. He was a very firm guy and in Egypt, and he wanted to To be very firm, and therefore he was he was machmir. He was strict on himself, but it's not an actual requirement. That's dosos, right? So he he didn't
2: follow the first commandment in the Torah. Machmir not have children.
1: Yeah, well, in this yeah, case, he was machmer, famine, He's, he's saying it was he he had only had he only had it before. Uh, he had two, yeah,
4: the two kids before, before the, famine. the famine. That's what the
1: door is pointing out. So that's so Mizrachi. which is another commentary on Rashi, says the prohibition of having children during times of famine does not apply to a person who has not yet had both a son and a daughter, as we saw the Israeli Gemara. Um, therefore, Levi was exempt from this prohibition as he had not yet had a daughter. Okay, so therefore he, he was able to conceive Yocheved. That's the doesn't other doesn't answer that for you. He's Neither says, a but Joseph. Okay. Right. No, Joseph, what do you mean, Joseph? They have two sons. Oh, okay, so... But so it was
2: really strict. First of really all, there's a machlokis. there's
1: no. a v'sham, you're right. Okay. By the way, Ron, there's, there's a, <laughs> a machlok, Ron is pointing out an interesting thing, there's two opinions in the Talmud as to okay. how many, what's the requisite amount of children one must have. Cut. Okay, to fulfill peruvu, um, so some say two sons <laughs> is sufficient, uh, besham v'shill says a, um, a girl and a boy.
2: Yeah, um, and then some say two boys and one girl.
1: Right, so, so, so depending on the opinion, some want to bring proof, actually, from here, as to different opinions, by the way.
2: No, but it's great, those two sentences actually don't match,
4: and they're They're right next to each other.
1: Perfect. I'm saying that, yeah, I'm saying, well, (laughs) I can't know. So
4: then (laughs) he brings, yeah. It doesn't say anywhere that Joseph wasn't trying to have children all these years.
1: No, but the point is the fact that it says that he had two boys prior to the famine. Now, Mm -hmm. according to the Gemara, we're saying, if you don't have your requisite amount of children, you can continue having, uh, conceiving babies alright, you should continue, it might even be a mitzvah to continue conceiving. So why, so then it's really, if Joseph, if you say you need two boys and a girl, so so this whole thing is not applicable to Joseph, because he only had two boys. So clearly, this is a proof to the opinion that says he only two boys. I books think
0: Rush is stating a fact. A he had two children before the family. He right. doesn't say, and he stopped schlipping after the family started. Just no, said, that's the that's assumption. That. That's the Well, he could have been infertile. Maybe Who knows It could have been a lot
1: of happened. things, yeah. Yeah, right. Could be yeah. his, uh, his wife cut off his bill. You know what I'm saying? A lot of we don't know what happened. the don't make assumptions of what, you know.
4: He made his wife Jewish <laughs> Stop.
1: Um, okay. <laughs> the prohibition as of the, the Ran. So this is the Ran's opinion. He quotes here, the prohibition of having children during a famine is because it is a time when Jewish people are suffering. When Yaakov and his family entered Egypt, they were not suffering, since they still had supplies of grain. And they similar to what the Uruchhaim said. And they knew that Yosef was not suffering either, therefore it was permissible for Levi to have a child. However, Yosef did not know that his family still had sufficient, so now why was Yosef holding back? according to this extrapolation. He says, however, Joseph did not know that his family still had sufficient supplies of grain, so he was not permitted to have children. So you understand? The family, yeah. Levi, was okay. He's again trying to answer the discrepancy of Levi and Joseph. So Levi was allowed to continue to have children because they knew Joseph was fine and everything w- was good. But Joseph didn't know that his family uh, had sufficient supplies of grain, so, and therefore he had a withhold.
4: So yeah, but he gave it to
1: them. No, no, this is before. Well, this is we told prior.
4: Does it Prior count, to
1: they met each
3: other, does it count to to be fruitful and multiply if it's with a goyim? A because wasn't Joseph so a wife, very good Gentile, and, and so? Ah, oh, that's an excellent so question.
1: Yes, the there was an intermarriage here. It, yes, then the then whole the
3: patrilineal
4: patrilineal Can you even be fulfilled
1: fun. the that's a good question. Did he convert as well? That's we're not getting that. It's too controversial. I love um, but, it. But uh, that's a great question. By the way, and there is, <laughs> and we got to discuss. Would have had to marry
2: a sister or something. No, but lost his patrilineal
1: descent. Just fine. Just
2: ignore that.
1: The point is, there is. By the way, there's a different question, which is our I thought that's what you were asking. Do Gayim have to withhold? Does this concept, whatever it is, whether it's a, a nice ethical concept or whether it's a required halacha, does it also apply to non-Jews as far as them withholding? Do they have to empathize with other populations? Um, and they discussed that also, which is an interesting question. Who is it applied? To? Would they also have to, should they also withhold from sex during uh, times mm-hmm. of... Na- it's irrelevant,
0: we have nine, billion planet, 9 million billion people on the planet, so clearly somebody's not been holding back. <coughs> and okay, true. so
1: then, so that's the Ran. then he brings a bit Yosef, says, this is in the commentary in the Shulchan the argument of his is difficult for me to accept, for if Levi was permitted to have children during famine, because he had not yet had a daughter, then Yosef too would be permitted for the same reason, which was... What Somewhat. So, yeah, Ron's right. argument is also difficult to accept for he, for how would the brothers have known that Yosef was not suffering either exactly at the literal right. level it seems that they did not know whether Yosef was dead or alive which right. you mentioned at the time and Yochavit was conceived some 7 or 9 months before they moved to Egypt right. rather it seems to me that before the giving of the Torah there was no prohibition against having children during the times of famine and it was enacted much later as a requirement of rabbinic law so that's the Beit Yosef so, so this saying, is
2: not Torah at all it's rabbinic
1: yes it's an extrapolation from a nice right. statement from the Torah
3: from the statement
1: so you like Beit Bet- Bet- Yosef Beit Yosef which is now we know follow it but but no, but it's in the Shulchanach, we'll get there in a second. Masha, Pesios' solution, um, says like this, Pesios' solution is difficult to accept, since we know that the patriarchs, <laughs> this is why rabbis uh, are very busy, that uh, the patriarchs kept the entire Torah, even rabbinical law. We have a concept, as Ron mentioned before, Abraham didn't serve meat and milk, he served meat and milk to the angels, and there's a whole reconciliation there, how he's allowed to do that. I'm not getting into it now, but, but the, the, the Talmud the, derives... The angels Jewish? The Talmud derives that uh, that our forefathers and foremothers kept every halacha, including rabbinic law. Okay, we're not getting there? Uh, don't get excited. Um, but that is a, a Talmudic concept mentioned many times. Boy. Therefore, it is unacceptable to argue that the principle of not having children during times of famine would have been neglected by them. I uh-huh. mean, if this is rabbinical, it's rabbinical law, they should have been doing. Thus, it seems to me, even the master, if it
3: occurred before the rabbis.
2: Yeah, yes. yes. Sure. The point is that they, they knew that they were going out to Egypt uh, for 400 years and they neglected to reconcile that. God well. whispered in their no, ear. that makes perfect God whispered in their
4: ear. They kept the, the, the you're talking about up till the end of with the Talmud, or they kept the rabbinic laws that are going to be formulated 50 years from now? Also there's no rabbinic laws. Exactly. No, there's no,
1: we're not, no rabbinic laws answer, that are formulated yes. today. There's no such thing. We're talking about rabbinic law, meaning within the... Uh, yeah.
4: Uh, rabbinic, the boys that wrote the book that said that.
1: Yeah, I mean, there is no rabbinic law today. Contrary to what people think, rabbis can't change the rules, either way, to permit or pr- prohibit, either way.
4: But they should um, interpret.
1: Yes. That's what we're doing here. Okay, that's what we get paid for. Thus, it seems to me, so Marshal says like this, but You're Joseph, being
3: overpaid.
1: <laughs> the Joseph solution is difficult to accept since we know that the patriarch kept the entire... Okay, we said that right. Thus, it seems to me, says the Mizrahi, that the Mizrahi solution is the most appropriate that the prohibition of having children does not apply to a person that not yet had both a <coughs> son and a daughter. Levi was clearly <coughs> exempt from this prohibition, so he went on to have a daughter. It ever adds that Yosef chose not to follow this exemption as a personal stringency beyond the requirements of Torah law. Okay.
2: Wow. So now, like, he ignored Torah law to not have a daughter, Yosef. You say he took this extra that's right. stringency right. Right. And, right. and why he he's did. above Torah.
1: Not above Torah, he's why did he being machmer in the concept of empathy. The same many, t- correct. many times we have supports. conflicting ethical values and you need to decide <laughs> which one <laughs> overrides which. So,
2: good point. It's <coughs> so it's a what? The first mitzvah he's
4: not following. Not
1: g- no, he he's not being machler on, on, mi- on the council. Now listen to the rabbis who said two sons.
4: Is it not right. oh, the rabbis who said yeah,
1: yeah, He had a
4: daughter During the time of famine. Okay, so.
0: Gender. Ah, <laughs> now that I like. Well, okay, I'm so now if you turn to the to s- back beautiful.
1: of your pages, so these are
2: transgender. transgender.
1: <laughs> the two, uh, the two. so that counts as both.
2: And you can have one. <laughs> today, right? today, today you can have... The have the LGBT that's can beautiful. Have now that reconciles <laughs> it beautifully.
1: <laughs> so today you can have one kid and you fulfill <laughs> all your allegations that
2: because a that's
4: male, a female... I like that a lot. so you can have a boy and a girl or a boy then a girl?
1: Good <laughs> question. We're going to get that this is or off or top or of a girl. separate class. Okay, so now the Shulchan Aruch. We're going to turn the turning <laughs> okay. the page here. Maybe oh, we all
2: please yeah, so
0: turn that's the page. That's a good <laughs> one because that reconciles <laughs> it nicely. <laughs> write <laughs> <laughs> it up and hang it So the
1: the, the, the Shulchan Aruch <laughs> codifies this law. It's mm-hmm. really so. As we said, Tosfos is of the opinion it's just a nice ethical thing. Empathy is a nice thing, but it's not. We're not going to We're not going to Codify empathy, which is—it's a, a fascinating thing. Again, this gets back to the whole. I think one of the beauties of Judaism, or mm-hmm. one can argue maybe not, which is that we we mandate emotions. Empathy is an emotion, really, in a certain sense. Here it's an action, but but actions is what really brings to emotion. So the, we're codifying empathy is very nice. Yeah, you should be empathetic, should be sympathetic to your patients, to your wife, to whoever, to your mother-in-law. But the, what, what we but Judaism is saying here, and as we'll see, the Rambam says, this is a law, it's a requirement. It's not just a nice, again, ethical value, a nice emotion. We're, we're, we're mandating your empathy, which you're not going to like, is
0: it? <coughs> not the Tenth Commandment sort of fly in the face that? Because coveting is... Yeah, so again,
1: so again, so in most cases, the questions asked, so there's many, seem not many, but there are a few... Uh, very famous laws, which are seem to be uh, uh, about emotions. How could you mandate an emotion? Don't
0: feel vengeful. Yes. Uh, right, don't so, hate. Can,
1: so they all. They, so they all discuss it. All the Jewish philosophers discuss it in the Rambam extensively. They all say that all these uh, commands of emotions, such as uh, loving God, mm-hmm. fearing God, are there's, there's mitzvah in the Torah, uh, mm-hmm. jealousy, uh, right? Don't, don't mm-hmm. uh, What's the word? Don't lust so in false, your eyes. Coveting, don't lust. Right. No, that's uh, that's not the <laughs> Torah. That's, that's Christian. <laughs> yeah, that's Catholic. Um, so the all those laws, what they say is even belief in God. How could you command someone to believe, which is not so clear as a commandment in the Torah? It's just a prerequisite, really, according to many. But but assuming it's a commandment, how could you command someone to believe? Either you believe or not. How could you command someone to love? So the answer the Rambam uh, says is the Rambam says first of all about belief. That's first and foremost. He says. You can't command something you believe or you don't, but you shall do, study the universe, study uh, the cosmos, and study science, and that will bring you to belief in God. For some. For some, it doesn't work. Um, but, but or, right, the same thing, study the, how good God is, and all the benevolence he does, and then you'll come to love God. Okay? Study... Uh, in order to that, so if you, so it's, you to do that actions, that will bring you to that, so it's very similar here. I don't have empathy you know, people are, there's a war going on in Gaza, do I suddenly wake up in the morning and go, oh my gosh, and and feel for them? You know, maybe I read a news story, you know, for a minute, feel for them. So it's telling you, no, do something concrete, that's exactly what I'm saying here. Do something concrete, don't withhold from your pleasures, normal pleasures that you have in your everyday life, that will bring you to that empathy. The action will bring you to empathy. That's a basic psychological concept in contemporary psychology also, which actions, which is really, by the way, there's a whole different discussion of most mitzvahs in the Torah. It's really what it's about because everyone complains. We have so many mitzvahs. It's all about ritual, such a ritualistic religion. So the concept is not the rituals. is not necessarily what's important. The purpose of the rituals, according to most Jewish philosophers, is to do actions which will change your psychological outlook. So in what we do uh, on Pesach, it's constantly eating and remembering Egypt and every mitzvah we do, it's the is to, to do actions, do rituals, which will bring it, will make sure that it's embedded in our mind, concept of the exodus, etc. So the same thing here. So we're mandating a law withhold from bodily pleasures during times of national tragedies so that will bring you, will make sure that you have empathy also, if you're a normal, healthy, psychological being. Never that one. Um, so he says like this. So the Shulchan Aruch uh, says uh, says um, two, ma- actually in two different places discusses this um, and very clearly says um, mandates it as a law again which is based on the Ramah not like tosos So the Shulchan Aruch says this is in the laws of fasting. Okay, we're discussing that tra- national tragedies and fasting etc. Says mitzvah lahari <laughs> vadam atzmo bishnat ravon It's a it's a commandment. A, not, again, not just an ethical thing. It's a, a requirement to starve oneself. Again, what, it doesn't mean literally starve oneself, but it means you shouldn't have filet mignon when the rest of the country is suffering. If you live in Venezuela and everyone is, is losing 20 pounds and you happen to have uh, a filet mignon in your freezer, hold off and don't eat it um, during that time. And Halacha number two is vasul shamesh ba mitato. You should not have uh, use of the bed, which doesn't mean you should sleep less. That's a nice euphemism for for marital relations. Um, we don't like. There's no word for sex in Hebrew, by the way. In modern Hebrew, there is, but in in, uh, in halachic language or in Talmud, there's no word for sex. The word is use of your bed, because what else do you use a bed for? Um, so so that's the in my
4: case <laughs> sleep.
1: <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> let's not get personal. With it. Um, so, so it says Chutz Mi'lel Tefillah. The exception to that rule is um, the night of Tefillah, which is the night that the woman finishes her cycle and ends up going to the mikveh after five clean days, uh, seven clean days, etc. Um, we're not going there. But the point is, so that night is a special requirement to have marital relations, so that is. Permitted, says the Shulchan Aruch, even during times of famine. Where did they get On that? Because
2: it's interesting, we've read multiple rabbis' comments, and not one. Where did the Shulchan Aruch get that loophole?
1: Okay, so that's a very good question. We're going to discuss it. It's an excellent question. We're going to get there. Let me just finish the sentence. So we'll get
2: there.
1: Yes, 100%. I agree. Um, but we'll I love
2: football.
1: It. No, it's, it's great. Yes. Ooh, and the second thing is banim, okay. and for those who are missing uh, missing children, sons, children. What's what the word for children? Sons. But
2: I you mean, know,
1: I don't, not, not an ancient Hebrew the word. <coughs> Torah doesn't use the word yeladim anyway. But
2: they meant right. sons.
1: No, they meant <laughs> children. Again,
2: <laughs> <Okay. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> <Okay. laughs> it's the mitzperugul, which is son disagree. and a daughter. It's totally cool. That's fine. Okay,
1: he says perush ulimnuye banim so in that case, it's permitted. So there's two exceptions here, according to what Ron's reading it, which, again, there's a lot of discussion whether it's actually what it means when it says Lael Tefillah. Because it is, we've shown them the commentaries do mention, I think even the Gemara. Is the Gemara not mentioned.
2: I don't think we talked about that except mm-hmm. for the Shulchan We did mention it
0: last week. I don't know where
2: we Yeah, I
1: don't remember where. But it's a valid question. There, and there is a lot of discussion. Does, is Lael Tefillah permitted only for those who um, who, who, uh...
2: Don't yeah. have kids. Well, don't know, have it's son, very important stuff. A but they Why When are
1: you allowed kids. to have sex? Wake up. We're, we're 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 in.
2: In. But they separated them by a semicolon. Like, it's oh, not together. Yeah, yeah, together. yeah, but that's just a computer.
1: Like, yeah. That's my, that's my program. Can't bring a proof. No, my point it. is the commentaries do discuss when it says Lael's Field, is it talking about only someone who doesn't have children? But you're right. Simple reading would be, there's two exceptions here. Right. Yeah. Another way to read it would be, Lael tefillah is when we allow, because, as we know, that is the optimal t- happens to be, scientifically, whether the rabbis but knew about it or not, some to get debatable, right? debatable. The optimal time of ovulation to get pregnant is the night of tefillah. Right. Um, so, so, uh, so the assumption is What's we're talking... night of sorry? The night the woman goes to the mikvah um, after her menstrual cycle. After her uh, period. Twel- Twelve days, rabbinic okay, speaking. Okay, yeah. of the it's a week, but, you know, we don't... You know, well,
4: most
1: of the time. So um, so it the p- so the point is that uh, two points here. So, so to address Ron's point, he has a valid point. Is where are we getting this thing of loud Fila? The Gemara only mentions Only mentions if you didn't fulfill the mitzvah of Purview if you have an exception. Right. So where does the Aruch get this extra uh, loophole here of also the night mikvah, so it's a good question. But some commentaries do say because of your question that it's it's one and the same. Meaning it's not, it's one exception. Meaning the het there is the leil tefillah, because that's the optimal time to have children. We the only reason we're permitting it to you is not we're not permitting you the pleasure. As we mentioned, we discussed last week. There's two purposes in marital relations. One is pleasure, which is which is part of Jew, the Jewish view on sex, which is there is. A purpose in sex without having children, as you asked last week. Um, so that is what you're supposed to hold back on, really, during during famine time. The other purpose in marriage relations is to procreate. So that's the part that we're saying is, is permitted. And therefore, but you that would be don't explained. Have a what?
3: But you can't enjoy it. No, then right.
1: uh, yes. say. Yeah.
3: Okay, it's kind of like if you're required to, to break the fast for health, you're allowed to pick something that tastes good.
1: <laughs> um, that's questionable but <laughs> but, uh,
3: but it, I, I, it's
1: interesting uh, I want to finish addressing your point so sure, before sure, you say sure. it, so so sure. the point is according to this well that's that would be the source maybe I'm just answering my own for you to answer your question meaning the the only thing that's with prohibiting during times of famine is, is the pleasurable right. right if you're doing it for the purpose of procreation no no one wants to really okay I mean, I'm saying it's not enjoyable
0: <laughs> so, uh, so that would so imply there's only one exception, not two right.
1: exceptions. Right? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's two. It's two different practical applications of the exception. Right. But if exception you have children. That's you what you should kids, try right. to do. Right. It. and that's the question. What about if you didn't? If you already had the requisite amount of kids, does this also apply? Right. Um, or not? And that's there's a lot of different opinions, as we're going to see in a second to that. Sorry, no. Sorry,
2: no, it's seconds. just interesting. So, Yosef Karo, that puts this Shulchan Aruch together. Like clearly, he didn't make that up, or maybe he did.
1: Yeah. He very rarely makes things up. He usually has a sword.
2: Right. but it might so be made up by someone else. It's just fascinating <laughs> that nobody has mentioned that. Except so far, for yeah, we, him.
1: We, yes Well, we didn't see all the commentaries, but, but uh, it's a good point, valid point, and that's what I'm pointing it out. Now, there's another quote here in a different part of Shachonach, which is actually, believe it or not, there's a chapter in our which is the laws of sex, um, um, or the laws of use of your bed, actually. I think
2: we're going to have to study that. Um, we're going have to understand this.
1: Okay. So, uh,
2: <laughs> would it make you so more
1: uncomfortable. In, in the in paragraph 12 in that chapter so he brings he also brings this halacha of and this is the reason why I'm quoting it again because he, he the ramah here adds in a very important point which is as we'll see in a second so he says again he repeats the same halacha and here he uses interesting in the other chapter in Yerda and first Meboth both are but in the other one he says mitzvah here, oh no, actually, he also says, So he uses the same language. Here he says, <laughs> It's prohibited to use your bed, there are of except for those who are lacking children. Okay, and again, that has to be defined what kind mean. of. So he explains that. And then in the parentheses, there's Ramah, who is the amendment to Cairo Shukhanarach, Ashkenazi amendment. He adds in, This is a very important statement. Um, to what we wanted to get to discuss. So, till now, we've only been talking about famine. What about if there's a earthquake? What about if the there's a war. civil war? Exactly. What about if the shooting rockets into Tel Aviv? Is that, how does that, uh, do we have the same concept of empathy, or is it specifically famine? Okay, now, why would it be specifically famine? We'll discuss in a second. But he puts in here, which we haven't seen yet till now, which broadens this whole law, he says any any type of sarot. Um, that's a big caveat there. He says any other type of tsarot which is like starvation, which is like famine, and we have to see what that means. So what does that mean, uh, tsarot like famine? Okay. Yeah. So now, so, so the so I found a fascinating response. I'm here. This was written during the Yom Kippur War. By a uh, question was posed. Um, to the Tzitzel has a, his name was Erbiliazer Waldenberg, he died around 10-15 years ago. He was actually the rabbi of Shari Tzedek Hospital and he wrote extensive responsa on medical ethics and he's, he was... He's poli- the
0: aneurysm guy, right?
1: No, that's Erbiliazer. Oh yeah, Excuse me. He's abdominal actually...
0: Abdominal
1: aneurysm. Yeah. No. Not. I bottom. thought it
0: Dominal. was... He had the abdominal. I thought it was a triple no. A. Oh, the abdominal. abdominal.
1: Cardiac... Uh, he
0: had a thoracic... He abdominal... No, he said abdominal aneurysm. Yeah. I thought it was a triple A the
1: uh, bank no, he had second. the thoracic aneurysm right. um, I actually just put
0: it on
1: chat I think I wrote I get your aneurysm? Okay. okay so yeah aneurysm is correct um, right. so I just called about the story I just emailed him and he said he, um, so he said like this so, he, so the question posed was during this was again written in 1973 during the Kippur war he was asked this question can one have marital relations during the war in Israel Okay, so this is very much our question here. I mean, he had it with the supply, and what are the guy do? So he has like four pages. By the time the guy probably read it, eh? it wasn't relevant anymore. Uh, might have changed his mind. Um, so he says like this. He says, uh, so he goes through all the different opinions that we just discussed, and he brings tosos, that according to tosos only midas chasidus, it's a nice thing anyway. And then he says, quotes um, to Shoch here, and he brings this rama as we said um so first of all he discusses this question that we discussed i'm just going to go through pick out the fine points here and I'm not going to read you the whole thing, it's too long. He says, we need to go in depth into understand the, the Cairo, the Shokhan Aruch, is the intent of the Shokhan Aruch to, to mitigate the permiss- the exceptions. Is it saying that even for someone who doesn't have children, it's only permitted to have marriage relations on the mikvah night, but not any other night? Meaning, is this a blanket, Heter? Someone doesn't have the requisite amount, he should always... He should keep on trying, have have sex every night during famine, or is it, which, by the way, that's if someone doesn't have children, that's why you have to keep on trying. It's a constant mitzvah until you have children. Or oh,
0: is it a one-trick pony, a one-off? Right,
1: or is it a one-night exception for That's That's so. That's his question in the Shulchan Aruch. Um, and since a woman um, doesn't get pregnant except around her vesta, which is uh, around uh, her ovulation time comes out at that time. So you need both of these um, together, both of these exceptions together, in order to have the permission. It means you need to have lack of children. Or is the to permit it for even someone who already had children on the special night of the mikveh And for people who didn't have children, they're permitted all month long. Not just the mix. That's his question. So he discusses that. Um, and, and by the way, I just want to point out, because we, we, we're going to speak about population control, one of the key that uh, we discussed is how do we know this whole concept is not about population control? Who said it's about empathy? That was the original question we started with. So this is one of the proofs they bring, is the fact, the exception, the, tol- the exception to the rule is Lel tefillah, which is the primary time that you're going to get pregnant, that you're going your chances of conceiving are, for most women, exactly at the 15th, uh, 12 days or between 12 and 15 days after their cycle, they got their period. That's the prime t- um, time of ovulation. Again, every woman is different, but for most general women. So therefore, this would be a proof that it's not about population control. Because obviously, if it's about population control, we're not going to say, okay, if you do not have kids, now you... Only have sex the night where it's the prime where the you have the optimal ta- um, um, chance of conception. So that's one of the proofs they bring in there. Um, that's a side point. Maybe i will mention it. Um, so
2: they still, by the way, don't give the primary source for that phrase. Which they're one? they're using the l- fila? Fila right. as the shulchan aruch is the primary yes. source.
1: Yeah, well, uh, it's true. I have to it's do. Fascinating.
0: Yeah. He hasn't researched it yet. Yes. No. Yeah, but with yeah, yeah. 100%. No, so he
1: maybe he'll say. Let's see. So he says. Um, one second. So he does call. One second. Right. So he brings it. But,
3: but, but that presupposes two things. One, it presupposes that when when the rule of of. Uh, seven days after the, the mikvah. That presupposes that they understood the science of it. Of course. Rabbis understood which, everything. That's a given.
1: It's a given. Rabbis understood science
3: and, and, yeah. and it also kind of flies in the face of the concept that we're supposed to follow the laws and the rules just because they're laws, not for the end result.
1: No, so that, again, it doesn't mean and we can't we're apply not rationale. That not should not be your eat, yes.
3: We're not supposed to avoid pork because you might get tania, yes. uh, tapeworms. We're supposed to do it just because 100%. it's
1: the law. That's but. your intent. That's a separate question. It doesn't mean we can't apply a certain rationale. Listen, that's a fact of science, is that around 12 days after, between 12 and 15 days, and I'll look it up. Uh, as far as I know, that's standard. That between twelve and fifteen days after a woman cycles, when the optimum time of ovulation. So it's a scientific fact. Whether that's the reason God uh,
4: Un- didn't it need or it's not, that's a time that's of a famine, in which case her ovulation is going to be delayed or stopped. And she a very will good specifically point. not get pregnant oh, well, at that time. Not if she's start. Jewish. <laughs> she's tough. Um, <laughs> Jewish women never ovulate in fifteen to fifteen
0: days. otherwise <laughs> okay. it would be millions. No, they, of they ovulate. They just don't tell you. It's late. Different. <laughs>
4: Okay, all right, moving So we got on. it, we got yeah. it, we got
1: five more minutes. That, that's, that's wrong, that class. Yeah. What time is it? 9.19. Nine okay, so let me, just, let me just try to get through this, and then we'll get to the population control next week, guys. Um so, so he says like this. So then he, he quotes here various different sources. Shalmi, um, so first of all, oh, so he brings the source. So he, it. he says, I'm not mugging of rum so we, he's saying the, the intent of the Yerushalmi the it says that's his source of Le'el-Tfil, meaning Yerushalmi, he's saying if you look at the language of Yerushalmi, doesn't say Le'el-Tfil, it just says oh. someone who doesn't have children but interp- the Yerushalmi is interpreted as <laughs> so, so meaning so it's really a contradiction because as you're saying, it's not two it's one it's one header, but the Shoghan is saying it is two, so it might be a misinterpretation, is what others commentaries are saying.
2: Like you're saying. So the Yerushalmi links the two?
1: Well, the Yerushalmi also says you need to have children, and it sounds like therefore Leil Tefillah is Who committed.
2: interpreted the Yerushalmi to add Leil Tefillah?
1: Maggenev brings here, which is a commentary on the Shoghan so, so, you're so right, uh, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. What I'm just saying is, it might be a misinterpreted source, but
0: Morgan Abram was the Ron of his time.
1: Okay, now, so so I don't want to get to that, but it's a 100% valid point. Because Um, this phrase is not a unique, this is a unique unique phrase.
0: You can't just...
1: Okay, now, he brings proofs from other places in Tanakh, he brings different proofs that uh, we see, so again, he's addressing the question of wartime here, so he brings that David and had relations during war, and Uriah, other Things we see in Tanakh where they had children during wartime, or even had relations. So he says very clearly, whatever we see yeah, that I they, love it. they did it. I love okay, it. they had. So so now he has to figure out why. So he says. So he says um, um, and then he says it's also the question with this phrase Banim, non- lack of children doesn't mean you have no children, or does it mean you haven't fulfilled the requisite amount. So that's also he discusses that question. Um, so let's move on to the punchline here. So he says, um, now, wh- now he has to define, as we said, no one, in all the sources we saw, we saw, nobody says, no one, everyone's just talking about famine. So who, where did the Ramah get this jump to say, apply it to all tzaros, not just famine. So he says, uh, um, again, he says the source for that would be the Yerushalmi. Um... That's, that uh, would say tsarot. It sounds like the Shami doesn't mention f- famine specifically. It says according to that, it would seem to include also war. War would be a national tragedy. But he says the Ramaz language, and this is what we pointed out before, is Dafka bidomeli sugravon. It has to be a type of tragedy, a type of national tragedy that's similar to famine. So now what does that mean? He says, So, so, uh, so we have to figure out what that means. So he quotes various things here. So basically, what I what I think he says is, is too too long to get into. But he says first of all, one thing he brings is that it's only if it's a God-made tragedy, not a, not a man-made tragedy. Okay. So meaning, if man, you know, like this is what I always say about uh, actually getting to population control and climate and and the future of the world, how scared we have to be. Most of the let's say people starving and people say can't have kids because people are starving in Africa. People are starving in Africa not because of the problem with the natural climate. People are starving in Africa because of civil wars, and if you look at all the countries, and specifically, let's say today, Venezuela, it's a man-made problem that people are starving. It's not the climate that caused the starvation, right? Um, almost all the tra- tragedies, spe- specifically when it comes to starvation, are man-made, not God-made. So he's saying, listen, that's, if the man screwed up, that's not. My, I don't have to have empathy and you don't have to have empathy, but this law is not going to apply. We're not, when we're we telling you you need to have empathy, God is sending a message to the world, some type of natural disaster. So he's saying that we have to do tshuva and we have to show that we also realize that it's not only about those people that are suffering, it's also, you know, we, we, we maybe also deserve to suffer. For example, he brings actually, there's a Medrash, and I didn't have a chance to look it up, Medrash Tanchuma uh, that says that in the Teva, in the, during the flood, also that uh, Noah did not have relations with his wife. Could be he was busy feeding the animals with a lot of work. Also, but, uh, she thought
2: he was crazy.
3: But that
1: could be too, right? So, there was a lot, also, they didn't have really privacy. I mean, it wasn't like a cruise, they didn't have the, the port. Once uh, they
3: were floating. So it, it was okay to have so sex
4: during the May Holocaust.
3: Be. So, one second, I
1: didn't say it. Well, i getting there. One second. So, now, so the point being is, so he's saying that also, that was a natural disaster. So, that's where you have to hold back from sexual relations. But if something is man made, and like this case, like a w- wars, War is man Okay, so then he's saying there's it's not applicable. This law is not applicable. That's one uh, thing he says.
0: That's major. <laughs> so if like yes. a tsunami hit Israel, that would be yes. an act of God. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So he says, um, so that's one thing wow. he points out. Yes, it is major. Um uh so he says this is a very important thing which we're going to get to maybe in the coming weeks since Pesach is coming up and by the way I'm only going to be here for two more weeks put on your calendars and we're off for two weeks so listen this is very important so he he points out here uh, another which is very relevant to the question of Pesach he says what's the rationale um, for this whole law Um, so he says like this he says um, he says the rationale behind the law is he quotes a Me'iri on the tractate in Tainit. Me'iri is a, is a Rishon, is an early authority commenting on this Gemara in Ta'anit. He says like this. He says, What's the reason that it's prohibited to have relations during times of famine? That God is involved in destroying the world, which is a natural disaster, and you're going to be building the world by having relations. That's the Mi'ri's interpretation of why the rationale behind the Gemara. Does you
0: mean the Jewish world or the whole
1: world? It sounds like the whole world. I mean, that, I mean we, we discussed that it's only relevant to Jews, according to Arachim. He's the only one we saw that said that so far. I mean, I'm okay, assuming he's talking about everything. Because God is making, is, is destroying the world, and you're going to go ahead and try to build the world. In Cain's Zilbus Atimus, he said, according to that rationale, um, that also would be applicable to war. Because technically, um, because he says, God is a man of war. What do we say? He look, says, uh, when the He says, according to that, maybe war should be applicable.
3: What? But that means you're fighting God. If God's trying to destroy and you're trying right. to build, that's his point.
1: That's exactly that what voice. he's saying. That's the rationale behind it.
3: So Melech so, David was wrong.
1: That's uh, a living question. How, why they're permitted. We'll to, yeah, I'm just saying, he's pointing, he's going through everything. But, um,
0: war was um, But he
1: says, but a fear yeah. now, he says, God. Says the he of God. says, like this. So, that first of all, I point. want to point out, um, which, which, by the way, this concept, according to Miriam, and we have to remember it for next week's class about population control, would seem to say that there is a, such a concept in Judaism of not having children when, God, when there's destruction going on which is a very important concept. As you see, Ocasio-Cortez there is to some extent, might have been correct, according to this rationale of the MIRI. So we need to remember that for next week, we discuss population control, that it's not such a foreign concept, according to this MIRI, because he's saying, God is destroying and you want to build. If, if the world is being destroyed, okay, you have to know if it's man-made or, you know, who's killing the whales. Is it the climate? Is it the under-under your own? Is it cow flatulence? Whatever is destroying the world, you need to know, is that man-made or God-made? It's a good question. Um, and then apply this rationale. But the rationale, to a certain extent, would seem to support um, Ocasio-Mrs. Miss Ocasio-Cortez. Okay, so we'll get back to that. Just remember that for two weeks. Mm.
2: Oh. Destruction of the temple, no sex during that time,
4: because that's God or that's Not. man?
1: Cause that's man the assumption is that's, that's man that but was that's
4: man war, so. it wasn't God's punishment for man's action yeah. everything is God's
1: punishment of course everything is God's punishment so anyway, I gotta finish uh, almost out of time yeah. um, so he says d- like this By the bottom line he comes out and he says <laughs> so he says but according to what we are saying before that this whole concept is only kisha kisha I can't read that word that means where man is not involved in the destruction. It's only when God is directly destroying the world. But if there's some man intervention, or a cow intervention, or whatever else you want to apply to the intervention, um, then it's not applicable. So even though God is a man, of yeah, God, of course, the wars are controlled by God also, we believe. But... The fact is it's man who there's a man there's um, human intervention there, and therefore he says it wouldn 't be applicable uh, um, uh, so this, so this is by the way uh, Okay, and then he so basically he ends off. He says, do not, We do not prohibit sexual relations during times of war. We establish aim as a chasidut, and there's not even a special, uh, pious thing to hold back from it during wartime. The frat eitzal nashim is a very important statement, siirim, especially by young people, where it's more relevant than whatever even if you're ready for says so basically go ahead as he said and
2: So he discusses that other rabbi that said that wars were got from God. No
1: no he's he, he says
2: That's one it's from
1: one. God but at either. the end of the day, there's man, man there's human intervention that is happening. So says, as long as it's not, God. it's not, it's not direct from God. The destruction and the tragedy is not direct from wow. God. Something then he says the it's not applicable.
0: It's this, this, this has to apply to only the Jewish world. There's always some act of God going. On. A cyclone hits, you know, a tsunami. Right, right. Listen, so I mean, bandwidth. it has to apply only, only to the Jewish bandwidth. world. No, yeah, because he starts from the point that there's a Yom Kippur war, in other words, specifically a Jewish... <laughs> right,
1: war. He doesn't address that issue. He's, he's know, addressing he, one specific... Uh, it right. can yeah, apply 100%. to the whole world. Right, so I just want to point out also that also, which is really his last statement, but he doesn't get into that, because I, I quoted in the past, which we said last week, very important. The Torah to says already that if you're the one suffering, he doesn't even... He just mentioned that in the past. then this whole thing is also not applicable. We're talking about the people, the whole concept of empathy is other people are suffering, you're doing fine. I live in Venezuela and I have a uh, stock freezer. Should I be having barbecues and having a smoke waft at my neighbor's yard? So that's really where it's relevant. If you yourself are suffering, it's counterproductive to say don't have sex, don't have pleasure, because uh, uh, that would bring the morale down. And he, he does address that slightly, but that was the Torah Tzmimus answer, that would be a whole other answer. And the reason why this is also very relevant for Pesach this question that you bring up, and so we'll do that in two weeks after we do population control, that's the last one before Pesach, is the question of, as we know, it's I think it's a myth, we discussed it many years ago, which is that we pour the wine out during the Makot. So some say, and I think it's just a recent made up myth, um, one of the reasons we pour the wine out is because we, since the Egyptians were suffering, we shouldn't be happy about the suffering of our enemies, which is a similar concept. Even for enemies we don't have empathy. Um, again, is that a myth or not? I'm going to do some more research to, to so see the source. There's kabbalistic reasons and all kind of esoteric stuff. But the, the 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 stuff, the concept of uh, of why
2: do we a, uh, fast before? that was
1: that my point. So the concept of of of, uh, of pouring out the wine, meaning, should it's a good, very good question, very relevant today. Let's say they shot a terrorist in Israel or they, you know, the head of Al-Qaeda was killed. Uh, hopefully they'll kill the head of Hamas. So in that case, should we ha- be happy about it? Do we celebrate or do we have empathy? Listen, the guy still has a wife and kids. Just because he's a mass murderer mm-hmm. doesn't mean we shouldn't ha- be empathetic for his wife and children who are now going to suffer. So it's a very important question, I think, relevant to the whole topic, relevant to the Haggadah, as we will have
2: something to talk about. Did you the the celebrate Haman's being hung?
1: Clearly, Purim, we still yeah. celebrate it. Yeah, so that's until later. Shot it's, and issue, so it's a good right question.
0: Jewish Ethic Institute for a complete selection of our lectures, please visit our website at j-ethics.org. Shalom.